0: Sandra, listen to me. You need to get out of there. Run. If there's been a reactor breach, you won't last five minutes with or without the suits. Do you hear me? I hear you. We're coming. I'll meet them down there myself. Put the safety doors on manual override. No, I cannot do that. Keep the doors open. My wife is still in there. That clip you just heard was from the film Godzilla, which is the film that I am reviewing for this episode of The Silver Screen Podcast. I am Jared Boomer, and I'm going to talk about what I liked about Godzilla, what I didn't like about Godzilla, and if it is worth your time seeing in the theaters or if you should wait until it comes out to Redbox, Netflix, one of those places. Um, So some things I liked about Godzilla is that it has, I guess, really the strong suit of the whole film is amazing special effects. The monsters look very, very real. Everything is very, very realistic looking. The destroyed cities look extremely real that the monsters fight in. Everything has been done to the utmost of quality and the highest level of uh, special effects that you can do. And it's really extraordinary to watch the special effects in this movie because that is really what the film focuses on. That's the big focus of the film is Godzilla, and everybody wants to see some great monster battles, which you get in this film, and also some some good character development, which doesn't really happen and I'll talk about here in a minute, but definitely special effects are one of the strong suits of this movie. Also, another strong suit of this movie is the really great music. Alexander Desplat is the one who composed all of the music for this movie. He's worked on numerous films such as The King's Speech, The Tree of Life, The Ides of March, Argo, uh, The Monuments Men earlier this year, The Grand Budapest Hotel. He does a lot with Wes Anderson. And that really shows in this movie because music is important in this film. It helps build the mood. It helps set the tone of certain scenes, especially with the monsters. There's not like a lot of dialogue to go off of there, obviously, because they are monsters, but the music helps set the mood and really set the scene for what's about to happen, and they do a very good job of that in this movie. Now, that being said, this movie also has a very good cast. It's just that, in my opinion, they weren't used very well. You have Brian Cranston, Sally Hawkins, Juliette Binoche, Elizabeth Olsen, Ken Watabi, and Aaron Taylor-Johnson, who plays the lead character, and all of these actors have been in numerous films before. Aaron Taylor Johnson, if you don't know, was in Savages. I guess that was his main movie that he was in. And he will also be in the new Avengers movie as well. And he made a little cameo in Captain America, The Winter Soldier in the middle of the credits. You saw Aaron Johnson. Ken Watabi has been in Inception. Obviously, Brian Cranston has been on Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle and obviously has a lot of experience. So all these actors bring a ton of experience to the table for this film, and that's really could have been used more of a strong suit, which I'll talk about in a minute, but they really had a very good cast for this movie. And here's Brian Cranston, who plays Joe in the movie, who is Aaron Taylor Johnson's father, and he's also a nuclear physicist as well, talking about what makes this Godzilla different from past versions of the movie. What makes Godzilla 2014 different? from the others is that it's matured. The whole sensibility of how to make a movie like this has matured because it's not just about this beast and how are we going to control it, kill it, capture it, how, how, how is that even possible? Again, that was Brian Cranston there talking about how this Godzilla is different from past versions of Godzilla, and I would have to agree with him. It's a very mature type movie. It's a very mature film. There's a lot that goes on throughout the movie and trying to do everything that comes along with the characters and with the monsters and having a real-world impact as well, because that's one thing this movie does well, is in situations of peril, it's very realistic. If um, you know a monster were to come to, say, Las Vegas, which is one of the cities that happens in the movie, Obviously, people are going to be panicking, they're going to be running around, they're going to be looking for their wives and their children and their significant others, and that happens in this movie to make it feel more realistic. Also, another thing that I like about this movie is that you don't see Godzilla right away. It takes a little while into the movie before you actually see Godzilla, which is nice because it somewhat builds the suspense up and you're waiting to see the monster. And the same thing happens in J.J. Abrams' movie, Super 8. In that movie, you don't see the monster until later on in the movie. And the same thing happens here, which is one thing that I like, but I know other people didn't. And here's the director of the film, Gareth Edwards, talking about why he chose to introduce Godzilla that way. I didn't want to just introduce Godzilla like in two or three shots. So we took like this five minute moment where we really tease it out and you really, I wanna see him, come on, come on. And we just keep teasing it, layer and layer it up until finally there's this massive reveal um, at the uh, Hawaii International Airport where he's fully revealed in all his glory for the first time. Again, that was the director of the film, Gareth Edwards, talking about why he chose to introduce Godzilla the way he did which is another thing that I liked about the movie. Now, moving into some things that I did not like about the movie, and that would have to be that although there is this great cast, and although there is people in this movie that have years and years of acting experience and many, many other roles, so it's not like it's a a rookie cast in this movie. It's pretty well known with all the people that are in this film, but that being said, there's really no character development in this movie. There's Times in the movie where you should feel for certain characters and you should be sad that they are, you know, dying or that they're in perilous situations and you just don't feel that really. There's no connection between Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson, which there should be because there's a father son relationship there, but it doesn't get worked out very well and it doesn't allow time to develop. And you just don't feel for that father-son relationship. Also, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Lieutenant Ford Brody, has a wife who was played by Elizabeth Olsen and also a son. And you don't really feel for those characters either, as far as that connection. You feel like the father-son relationships, the two that were in this movie, I felt just should have been strengthened more. I should have more of an emotional connection to them than I did. And that being said, a movie that came out a few weeks ago that is kind of in the same genre, Spider-Man 2, I thought did a great job with emotional connection. You felt for Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. You felt for Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. You had a connection to these characters, and you don't have that In Godzilla. Another thing that I didn't like is that the movie was somewhat long at certain points. The first 30 minutes are really trying to set it up. As Gareth said, you know, he doesn't introduce the monster until later in the movie, which is something I liked, but you need something to fill that time before the monster shows up. And I know they're trying to build suspense, but it felt like they could have done a little bit of a better job with that. So the first 30 minutes were a little slow trying to set some stuff up. There was some action in the first couple of minutes And then it gets really slow for this middle section, and then the end is like amazing. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and you just can't take your eyes off the screen for about the last 30, 35 minutes of the movie, which is great because that's how really all action movies work. You have a little bit at the beginning, then you have the suspenseful part that's building up to the end, and then the end is just like over-the-top wow. And that's what this movie does. It follows that basic formula, but I felt like it could have been cut down a little bit. It's two hours long, which is a little bit long for this type of movie, and I felt like it could have been trimmed up, some parts could have been cleaned up to make it a little more smooth flowing and just make it progress faster because there are a lot of times you're waiting for something to happen and nothing really does happen. So that being said, I give this movie a B plus. It's a very good film overall, but despite the character development issues and being a little bit too long. That's why it gets docked down a little bit of a letter grade. But overall, this is a very solid movie. It's a great summer film for you to go see, enjoy a couple hours. Go see it in the theaters. You definitely want to see it on the big screen because of everything that's involved. I saw it in 2D. I did not see it in 3D or IMAX, but I would have to say that after seeing this movie, that would probably add to this film. I don't know how good the 3D is, but I feel like it would add something. Also, IMAX would probably add something, if not just for the larger screen, but also the enhanced sound quality, which is really apparent in this movie. They do a great job of using surround sound, and that would be even more amplified if you saw it in an IMAX theater. So if you have the chance, go see it in IMAX theater. I know that's going to cost more, but it's probably worth the experience for this movie. And you can't really say that about all the movies that are put in IMAX. So again, my grade is a B plus. Be sure to like the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. Just search The SS Podcast. Also on Twitter, at The SS Podcast. If you want to follow me personally on Twitter, that is at Jared Boomer. And you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. Also, Stitcher Radio. It's on the TuneIn app as well. You can get it many different places. And also by following on Facebook and Twitter, that's where... Where it publishes first. So you will see it there before you see it anywhere else. Again, those links are just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook and at the SS Podcast on Twitter. Next time on the Silver Screen Podcast, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do yet. I may review the film Neighbors that has Seth Rogen and Zac Efron in it. I may review X-Men Days of Future Past. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do, but be sure to tune in for the next episode. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Silver Screen Podcast.